Welcome to Purpose City, Stories of Humanity in Action, sponsored by Executive Wealth Management. Guests on Purpose City do not necessarily reflect an endorsement of Executive Wealth Management. Welcome to uh, Purpose City. Today, we're having fun so far. It's going to get better. We have a Kay Bella Hair Studio and Spa representatives with us today. Kristen Sayers, hello. Hi. And Brittany Hosteg. Hello. hello. Brittany Hosteg with two E's. Good <laughs> misspelling. And uh, Todd Perry from Journey. Oh, that's Steve Perry. That's right. From Executive Wealth Management. And uh, it's going to be interesting. We're calling this one the Kay Bella Story. And I realized in my notes I had K and B next to each other. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> it's K space Bella. Uh, before we go into that story, though, how does, uh, so what is K? Is that Kristen? Well, it kind of, it is, yes. But it actually is two people because we couldn't come up with a name because I had a business partner, which is another story. And we both hated everything that we thought of. So the only way to, to finish it was we were like, well, we got to find a logo. We got to get a name. So we liked Bella because beauty, and she was just like, what about just K-Bella? And it flowed, and I was like, we're both Ks, so let's do it. Oh, ah, <laughs> nice. I wish there was a better story. No, that that was, <laughs> no, no, that was pretty bad. I gotta say. No. <laughs> and uh, uh, Brittany, so what do you do at uh, K-Bella? Um, well, I started as a stylist, and now um, I have eventually ended up taking over uh, being the salon coordinator, helping Kristen with pretty much any overflow that she needs, and anything she needs. Very nice. <laughs> like helping her set up this podcast and all yes. that. Yes, <laughs> like emailing you and everything. That's right, emailing me. <laughs> she keeps my life under control. Without her, I would die. Yeah. And uh, Todd, what do you do? So I am one of the wealth advisors at Executive Wealth Management, and we're a registered investment advisor located here in Brighton. And... Fast growing. I think we hired, let's see, three new employees last week. So we're up to about 45 and with about 20 advisors. And so, um, and we have four other locations, but again, headquartered here in Brighton. And so uh, specifically, uh, retirement planning, uh, investments, tax planning, uh, kind of that true uh, wealth management. Right. I'm involved uh, in, in most of that. And it's a growing company, which is why we're launching out into podcasts. So this is brought to you by Executive Wealth Management, Kristen Sayers. So you are the owner. I am with my husband. Okay, Ben. Yep, you got it. Yep. I want to dig a little into that, but I like to always talk as much about myself as possible. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna fuse myself into this conversation by saying I know you not outside of um, hair. Uh, it's a completely hair relationship. Yep. Right. And that started at a former salon. I was getting my hair cut, and it was, see, my son just graduated, so, and he was probably, he was walking and kind of talking. I think so like maybe 2006, or 2000, well, actually, it would have been like the fall of 2005 going into 2006. Yeah, a long time ago. You. Yeah. So <laughs> I could tell this, what's your memory of him coming in when I came oh, in with him? Well, he was little, and I was so young, and he was... Uh, <laughs> You weren't six. It was it was crazy it, um, that I remember you guys very vividly. Yeah, so he would come in, kind of hang out, which would never happen now. <laughs> I, I'm not cool. I was cool then, apparently. And 
you and a couple others would like to watch him. He could recite the all the presidents. Yep. Backwards. Yep, I remember it. I do. I remember it to a T. I think he did it well because I was the assistant, so I would wash hair and then just watch Jean. And uh, yeah, yeah, she always kept it entertaining. Yeah, he could barely talk, and he could do that. And it'd be like um, William Jefferson Clinton. He knew exactly first, middle, last name, and. That happened because I taught him with flashcards, and I thought earlier names would be easier than like 1700s names, but I didn't realize he could, it's all backwards. So you kind of thought, uh, you know, like George Walker Bush, you know, was like the first president because <laughs> at the time that was the first one he learned. He had it all, he had it all wrong. He had flunked history, but but it was cute. Love it. Yeah. Anyway, so that's kind of part of the story. I bring that up because you said at that time you're like assistant. I was washing hair. You could have washed my hair. I did many times. Yeah, right. <laughs> when I had more hair, it was a bigger job <laughs> then. But um, and now, you. I want to have uh, Brittany brag on her a little bit. So, what are all the things that Kristen is today in the hair business? A, a lot. That's a lot. Um, well, she leads the the whole United States for Cayman, the Italian color company. Um, she is the founder of the MABP, which we can talk about. It's really taken off this last year. Um, she's the owner of 25 of us crazy women. And um, she's also a stylist behind the chair herself. So she's got quite a few things. She doesn't have a slave trade. She doesn't own you, right? Oh, she no. I, w I would work for her for free. Oh, okay. <laughs> Aw. Thank you. Very nice. Yeah, so... That's part of it. I mean, uh, how does one go from? So let me t let me tell you my impressions of you. Yeah. Uh, which actually haven't changed, I think. Um, so then you were uh, always smiling, always full of energy, a very colorful, not only in personality but like, uh, what colors your hair today? Well, it is pretty green, pretty yellow. <laughs> I think there's a little blue, a little of everything, probably. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> And it's a different almost every time I go in. Yep. And um, same. But you were probably going to more music concerts then, uh, a little more of a single life going on. Or, no, you had... Well, actually, me and my husband met 20... Yeah, I was going to say. 23 years ago. We've been yeah, we've been living together for almost 23 years. Very good. So, But we did. We went to a lot of concerts. Life was a little different back then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But... I'm not whatever age you are now. I'm I'm sure it's still young. But well, I'm gonna be forty this year. Let's just uh, be honest. What? Yeah. Oh, oh it's gosh. coming. Wow. Well, um, <laughs> I was forty once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, but you still have the same energy. I was just telling the uh, last time I was in the shop. No, that was yesterday. So it wasn't yesterday. <laughs> uh, so a couple months ago, I'm like, how does she have so much energy? She has energy, right, Brett? Yes. Yes. And smiling, this positive attitude. Do you have like a philosophy of life or just... Um... You know, I was, I had a great childhood. My parents never, I never had to want for anything. They gave me everything and um, I'm the baby. So maybe that's why, but... <laughs> a little carefree. I, I, I have had a very blessed life and I'm just somebody who... I don't wait around for things to happen. You know, I'm going to make it happen and I just love people. So I guess, you know, my mom and dad just taught me that 
really life is just about making sure that everyone around you is happy and helping them. And if you can feel good when you go to bed at night, then, you know, I don't see any other way to live. Right. You know, so I just have focused my whole life on just finding what makes me happy and just going for it and doing it. And if I can't be happy when I go to bed and when I wake up, then I got to change something. So, you know, I, if I'm having a bad day, I look in the mirror and I put a big old smile on my face and, you know, it's hard some days, but that's what it's all about for me. Yeah. I, I love life. I, I don't know, you know, no, what no, else you could think. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Uh, I wish I had that much energy, but I do have a similar <laughs> philosophy anyway. Um, maybe not as much about happiness every day, but I do think in life in terms of days. Like, uh, you may not have it tomorrow. Exactly. And even if you did, what's the point of having a better or worse tomorrow when you still have today to live? And if I had a worst case scenarios, you're experiencing life and all the negative emotions with it. And it helps you appreciate the, the better day you have. But it's still a day. It's still a day in life. Exactly. And, um, and if you can treat people in a way and live your life that you can have a good night's sleep. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, your life is all the days you lived before today. Exactly. Right? Did, can you write that down, Ton? Yeah. Okay, so, Brittany, back to what was the big fancy initials with the M in it? Uh, oh, the MABP, the Mis- Michigan Association for Beauty Professionals. Um, Kristen founded that and started that. Yeah. Founded it. Yeah. So a couple years ago, oh gosh, when was it? I don't even know how many years ago, but they, they were dealing with deregulation. You know, the beauty industry has dealt with that many times and some people are for it. Some people are against it. But when that was happening, there wasn't a plan, you know, a backup plan for the state of Michigan. So it was like, you're going to deregulate us. And then what's going to happen? Like, I don't think people realize what hairdressers actually do and the chemicals we work with. Our shears are like surgical shears. I mean, I could cut your ear right off if I really wanted to. I mean, let's just be honest, right? So I think that for me, it was more of a, there has to be a plan. You know, there has to be something that's going to help handle it. You can't just have a bunch of people cutting hair and using these chemicals that aren't, you know, licensed. So to fight deregulation, I thought, well, there's huge associations throughout the United States and there's national and international associations, but there's not like local, you know, statewide. So every other, every other uh, industry had one. So I thought, well, I'm going to start it. So I started it with my husband. We made a website, we went all in and then it kind of just sat and uh, we got enough signatures, bought deregulation. It was gone, you know, so we thought, well, we'll just not do anything with the company. But then COVID happened and it was needed. So people were reaching. I had more phone calls and more emails than the state of Michigan was getting because people were so confused on what was happening in our industry. And so people reached out to me and were like, we need an association. You already started it. Let's just do it. So so is that we what brought the, the media attention to you? Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of interviews and it was it was awesome because um, it just helped bring our industries together. You know, again, I just like when people are together and, you know, we're so much better together than we are alone. So it it was it was really great because the media helped get the, the word out. And so we all joined kind of on Facebook, all the hairdressers, and it gave them a place to you know, help them run their business, you know, successfully during a time that was really hard. We were closed for three months, our industry. Sure. You know, we were dealing with a lot of stuff, you know, and, you know, with the what happened at the Capitol and I mean, all that stuff. So it, we needed a place to, to come together. And so that's what it was for. And now the state of Michigan and 
tons of advocacy people out there and uh, law firms and there's so many people that have come to me and we're starting, you know, we're putting it on, on the forefront. So now it's actually going to be a real association for all industry people that are in spas and barber, barbering and, you know, hairstylists, salons, everything. And we're going to all have our association so that we can stay connected. And it's awesome. I got a lot of people helping me. So, nice. yeah, it's very cool. I, uh, it's a little off topic, but um, you went back. I'm a little... Scared to go in shops now with, you could cut my ear off. <laughs> hey. But I grew up, my dad was a barber, and I thought my name was Nick for years. All right. All right. Write, that, write that one down. Too. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, my dad's barber. My mom owned a shop, and my sister owned a shop. I come from a hair family. I love that. Yeah, and I'm afraid to, like, cut... And animals, like pet's hair. I have no idea. It's not in my blood. Well, I was a dog groomer also for about wow. six years. When I met I... me, I was actually grooming dogs. Yeah, some fancy looking dogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk. So I, uh, you know, uh, I kind of creeped on your Facebook page a little bit because I wanted to see what you were <laughs> like outside the hair world. And if I remember right, your social media says something to the effect of, let's see, family... I don't know if I get it in the right or, uh, order, but horses, fishing, and hair, that's my life. That is it. Really. It's true. <laughs> it yeah. I, I was like, what sums up my life? Oh, well, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, uh, I do a lot of stuff. People are like, you have way too many hobbies. And I do. But horses were something that I've done since I was born. Literally. I was on a horse when I was like two months old with my mom. It was so crazy. You're from South Lyon, right? No, I'm actually from Howell. Really? I got my first job in South Lyon. Oh, in South so, Lyon. Okay, because yeah. South Lyon was, when I my family moved there in like 79, it was like the horse capital of Michigan or something. Yeah. I'm sure Howell would be similar. Yeah, we had a lot of, yeah, a lot of friends in South Lyon that had horses for sure. But yeah, horses are just huge in my life. And then when I'm not riding horses or at a hair show, I'm fishing. Yep. <laughs> so, so I saw a picture of you holding a pike. That doesn't look like, I could be wrong. Doesn't look like anything in Michigan. That looks like a Canadian size. Well, and I'm going to hand this whole conversation over to Todd, <laughs> who's a fisherman. Yeah. Speaking about her I was actually in Michigan. I was at my. I'm never special going spot. into Michigan like again. <laughs> I was at my special spot, so and I wonder if you'll know. But I'm a big Uper. I love being in the UP. I want to retire there. It's like my life. Well, and like I said, wasn't really in Michigan. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> See, but no, I like that you say that because the UP is. It should have its. It should be its own place. It should be its own. Just every. Everything. It's I mean, a country. It is a special it's place. It's it a special place. I get over that bridge and I'm like, oh, yeah. I can breathe. You you would have loved where we were at, Kristen. We were so by Republic area. Okay. Uh, Ishpeming in there. Yeah. And where we were, you drive three miles back in, and that's where um, we have a friend who, who lives up there, and, and right on the lake, and then you drive from there. We fish on that lake, but go back another mile. And you're in this area where it's just absolutely beautiful. It's rocks, and, and you're just in a different world. And, it is. But I probably should ask you what you catch the pike on, because I didn't, but Ooh, who we were with, <laughs> who we were with caught a lot of a lot of pike. But I, uh, yeah. it is, it, it's a different different world up there, and it's nice to just get away, and uh, it is, it's, it's absolutely stunning. Yeah, we're actually members of the Hiawatha Sportsman's Club. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's I've been a member since I was a kid, and... Uh, it is a big, it's like the largest, I think on the East Coast, I think it's the largest sportsman's club on the East Coast in the United States. Okay. And it's like 39,000 acres. 
it's a hunt and fish club. So I was on Lake Millicoken on that one. And uh, I was using a MEPS. Okay. I think it was okay. a number five. And All right. Yeah, what is that? Spinner. I know. I know a spinner. Uh, I know daredevils for pike, right? Yeah. Do they still do that? <laughs> yeah. They still do that. Yeah. yeah. I was actually going for musky, but you know, I'll take the pike. Take that one too. He was a monster. So he was a monster. How many pounds was that? You know, we actually did not have any. I wasn't prepared because it was like a thunderstorm was coming, and we were just bringing the boat in. Perfect fishing weather. Yeah, and it was. I was like, oh, this is too good. I gotta throw one out. And so when I caught him, I didn't even have anything, so I didn't even like measure him or anything. But he was, he was my probably. I mean, he was my biggest one I've caught. My biggest pike for sure. Not bigger than my salmon, but big salmon fish. Yeah, I mean it. I don't know if there's pike experts, uh, fish experts listening, but uh, that could, like, I was mentioning to Todd earlier, it's like if those had the personality of piranha, nobody would go swimming ever. No. Their teeth are ridiculous. No. Yeah, his teeth were pretty big. Yeah. Why does a fish need that many teeth? What's he doing? Well, you got to get through those daredevils. <laughs> you do? Yeah, but we, yeah, I'm, a, yeah, I'm fishing anytime I can. We just actually sold my house just so I could be on a lake. Oh. So we just moved to a lake, and <laughs> it's amazing. So I get to fish all the time now. There we go. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Brittany, what do you do? You, you look like a, a, a fisherman to me. Oh. Lobster. <laughs> deep, deep sea lobster. You going to go fishing fish. with me, Britt? Hey, I'll hang out on the boat all day. But... <laughs> yeah. With, with tanning you... lotion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, not, fishing's not for me, but <laughs> I, um, I have two little ones, so they take up my time. Okay. And... Um, not much in the outdoors right now. They're young, so. How, how young? Um, I have a kindergartner, a virtual kindergartner right. who's five, uh, and I have a little one that's going to be two on Thursday. Uh, perfect. What a, what a strange world to start school in. Yes. Oh, yeah. Very, that would be weird. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting generation coming up. Absolutely. <laughs> Total virtual. Yes, it is. So at K Bella. Yeah. You have expanded it to a uh, spa. I did. So what makes it a spa? So back in like 2013, I bought my business partner out, and which was the plan all along. So when I bought her out, I added on because, you know, girls like one-stop shop. Mm-hmm. You know, ladies like to go get everything done at once. So we added the spa, and what that had, like, that was uh, adding nails, massage, facials, you know, estheticians, and so forth. And gave us more room for makeup. So estheticians, a big word. They do yeah. Well. So estheticians are the ones that are licensed to do waxing, facials, um, microblading, skin. Nope, actually they're different. They have uh, certifications. But I like I'm, that I'm you know those fancy I words. Word. I like that you. I really like that you know those fancy <laughs> words. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's. How do you think I have these stuff. luscious eyebrows? Oh, yeah, I was wondering why. Yeah, <laughs> nice. We do that too, though. We do. So, but yeah. Um, so microblading is what? Since I brought it up. So microblading is for it, me. In, it in would a, be like very small people ice skating, <laughs> but probably not. Nice. So it is a tattoo for your eyebrows, but what it is is they do manual manipulation. So instead of using like a machine, well, you can use a machine. Like I have a machine brow done on my eyebrows. Oh. But um, it's a manual ma- manipulation where they actually use uh, their hands and they actually, I guess, you know, potentially they cut you and put the ink in and then... So it's a tattoo. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a tattoo and gives you like a line strokes to make it look really natural. Brittany, do you have... I mean, you probably have more and that's pretty much it. Do you have anything else to add oh, to yeah. that? Oh, yeah. No, just, <laughs> just single bra- bladed hair strokes and um, yeah, they basically... So a very glamorous woman could say, I would never 
have a tattoo. And their whole eyebrows are tattoos, right? I mean, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about your tattoos? <laughs> we can. The ones you're willing to talk about, right? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, how many yeah. do you have? There's not much that I hide. I'm a pretty open book. Um, you know, I don't even know. I don't have a t- that many, but probably, I think I think one time I counted, I think it's like 20, maybe 22. So, but does that include, so that you have like large tattoos? Yeah, no, I kind of like just put them all in one. I just, I mean, I guess, I don't know. They're not that big. I just have random And that kind locations. of goes with your, your kind of, I saw on your website, like your mission, right, is... Well, you can tell me the theme. What I'm thinking of is like letting people, the people you work or employed by you, express their creativity, be themselves, enjoy their lives and their work, mm-hmm. and not be a cookie cutter place where you go in and everyone has the same haircut. You can be as unique as you want to be, just yeah. as your employees are as unique as they want to be, right? Yeah, I I remember when I got when I went and got my first interview when I got out of school, right? So like. You know, you're out of school and you go to your first interview for what you want to do for life. And let me just tell you, it was not fun. People would be like, well, do you have a clientele? They were so rude. And I said to myself, if I ever own a salon, I will not be that salon. So I want people to walk into my salon and feel comfortable. I don't care who you are. You know how you walk into a tattoo shop and you feel almost like awkward because they're like looking at you and you don't have enough tattoos maybe. You know, <laughs> Britain, not, do you know, do you know that feeling? <laughs> I do have one small tattoo, but but I just I hate that feeling. I hate when when a business makes you feel awkward when you walk in. Right, and I've sure. had that. I've experienced that a lot. I mean, I've experienced a lot. But looking the way I do, I mean, when you met me, I looked a lot crazier than I do now. I'm pretty tame now. Well, at least I think I am. But when he met me, I was pretty bad. I, I would so say the I difference. Was, is I was wearing like two feet. You know, you're stilts. very colorful person. <laughs> Back then, you were uh, more. Uh, it was colorful, but um, edgier. Yeah, yeah. I've really tamed down my age. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't want that. So I tried to make it so it's just relaxed atmosphere. Everybody everybody, be you. You know, that's my, that's at the end of the day, that's what I'm always about. Be you. Yeah. And if you can't express yourself, then what's the, like, you have to express yourself. I have a very traditional, like, thinking, and I'm very actually, you would look at me and think I'm not the way I am, but I'm, I don't know, conservative, I guess. I'm very conservative personality-wise. So my whole life I've been like that. So when I was a little girl, like, how do you express yourself if you're very conservative? And so it was always my look. My parents always were great about letting me be me. So I started dyeing my hair when I was, like, seventh grade. So instead of being bad doing drugs, I was doing, like, crazy, crazy hair and crazy hair. hair and crazy <laughs> clothes. And I truly think that that's – it was funny because my the, the parents that always had my – that always had their kids making sure that they were, like – you know, they weren't allowed to color their hair. They weren't allowed to wear this. They had to, you know, they were very, like, strict. They they were actually bad. Like, I had some good friends that were naughty. Yeah. And I was, like, the good girl, you know? But, so I just feel like everyone needs to express themselves and be the who they are and whatever you want to do. So what would you look like if you're expressing your true self, Todd? <laughs> well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe this, Ken, but in high school, so I did have... <clears throat> The hockey hair, so kind of a little short up front and long in the back. Mullet. You know? It's somewhat of a mullet, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I always remember, you know, it's funny, my stepdad would be, you need to cut your hair and all this. And I said, no, I like it long. And, but I guess looking back, he was probably right just because I look ridiculous with, <laughs> with, with long hair. So, but, uh, but yeah, that was me with the, with the hockey kind of mullet. Yeah. Hockey mullet. Yeah. I like that. And mullets are back, man. Yeah. They're back right so, now. I might, I actually might. Bring it back. We'll see. Yeah, we've been cutting. There's a difference between. There's a difference between back and back in style. Like some things were never in style, but they were there. 
right. <laughs> Although I do have I have an appointment tomorrow, so maybe I should cancel that and just yeah, just, uh, just cut the sides. Yeah, yeah, just trim it up on the sides. And, <laughs> so it'd be scary. Take but. off the sideburns, let the back row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a bad look altogether. Uh, so in your shop, mm-hmm. last time I was, well, I keep saying last time, yesterday. Similar. I like to be truthful. Like a month ago, I was in your shop. Yeah. And you have a box uh, collecting shoes. So you do, it appears, uh, you're helping your community by various continual, like, different things. Yeah. What are they? What are a couple? And then which, how do you choose them? I'll let Brittany kind of take this one because we do so much. You know, pretty much anyone who reaches out to me, I try to give them something. And that's when I, like, take the email and I just... Forward it to Brittany. Give them something. <laughs> that's how I. That's how I roll. But no, I, we love helping people, so we do what we can. So yeah, Brittany, what all we've we been doing lately? There's been so many, I don't even know. So like most things, all of everything we donate to usually has a story of how they're connected to us or our staff. Um, the shoe box, the shoe drive you mentioned, uh, is from the Michigan Foster Closet of Livingston County. Um, we did a fundraiser for them in 2019. Um, every year we do our holiday um, basket raffle, and then we give the proceeds to uh, whatever we choose. Usually the staff comes together and thinks of something to give it to. Um, that year, one of our staff was um, fostering to adopt, and she mentioned how much that that particular organization personally was helping her. Um, and um, so we uh, started with them. And then when they did the shoe drive this year, because of our contribution previously, they asked us if we'd be willing to be a drop-off site for their shoe drive. And, um, yeah, so we had that going on. And I have to say, our girls and our clients killed it. I think they had to come empty that box five or six times. A week? Yeah. They were emptying it. Like almost, it felt like every day. It was crazy. Yeah, I feel like every time I yeah. came in, I was like, oh, should we call her and tell her to come pick this up because it's overflowing again? Um, so, yeah, that's been our most recent thing. Um, and then we also have people reaching out to us. So we just did one for... Um, Michigan Blood Cancer Foundation. They did a walk at the Detroit Zoo. We put together. Um, you put donors. together the best basket. It was. <laughs> we so put together cute. a basket and a um, bunch of gift cards. Usually, so because of the way our salon is, each of the girls are their technically their own business. So usually, I'll reach out to them, ask them what they want to do, and. Um, Usually it's an overwhelming response, and um, so I put together all of that, give that to them for their silent auction, and then we recently just did another one for um, Michigan Humane. That was the most recent one, and um, but then I mean our girls are always giving to Brighton schools and little league teams and everything like that, and um, it's just great to give back to our immediate society, immediate community. Um, I think that was the greatest thing with the. Um, foster closet of Livingston County, um, for many of our clients and staff, they could be um, kids in your own child's class that you don't know what they're going through. So, um, and I feel like as a mom myself, you know, if you knew that someone was in need, you know, you would want to give back. So this is a way that you can do that and be there. So, um, yeah, it's been great. We always... We, like I said, we pretty much, if someone asks for help, we're always there in some way. Good. So Yeah, and if we can't donate money or, you know, if it, it, when we get to, we, we'll donate services, like whatever yes. we can donate, products. Yeah. But, yeah, we're pretty giving. We like it. It makes, Good. you know, it makes, it, I, love, I love it. If you can give back, why not? Right. I mean, yeah, it's awesome. And where does that come from 
from you? Because it sounds like, and I can tell, it's not, I always say, even if it's part of a business model, it's good because somebody's benefiting. But for me, I can tell it, it's not, right? You mean like, why do I do it? Yeah, why do you do it? I mean, I, I guess for me, I just feel like, I just like helping people. I really do. I, I think too, it's, it's more of a, if you can, why, why not? You know? So I feel like when someone asks, I don't have, I have, it's just like part of me. I just want to help people. I don't, I don't think there's any other reason. I just, it's just how I was raised and it's just all I know really. And I think that because I guess deep down, I know that so many people are always there for me. And when I see all the love that people give me, like my girls, they, they just are so good to me. Sometimes, like, it's, like, crazy how much, when we leave, like, they always tell me they love me. You know, like, every night, we have, like, we're like, bye, guys, I love you. Like, we tell I love you to every single person. I've never told the boss I love you. (laughs) We tell every time someone leaves, Brittany's my witness, when we leave at night, we tell everybody I love you. Like, everybody. And so, we do. Every girl that leaves my My salon, we're like, I love you. And, you know, but I just bring that up because I get gifted with so much love. My clients, like, I just get, it's like. It's all over me. So it's like, I, I mean, how do I not give that back? Yeah. So it's like, that's like the big picture, you know? And it, it, it just gets, it gets more the older I get. Good. I think because I see it from others. So it's like, you, you can't not replicate it. Well, this has been a good talk and I love all of you, frankly. <laughs> okay, I'm expecting that from you when you leave the office. <laughs> Can we all just express our love? I don't know how, how it works. Well, it's I all girls. I mean, not that we mean, like, we would love to bring a guy would, in, but no one's ever come. Would that be weird at the end of girls. every podcast if I just start telling people I love them? <laughs> that would be a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. I just want to spread kindness. Yeah. No, it's very nice. Yeah. I think kindness, though, comes together. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you, ladies, for being here. Thank you for having me. It was fun. It was fun. And, uh... Thank you, Todd. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was good. And we're going to close out, learn a little more about what Todd does at Executive Wealth Management. Bye, everyone. Hi, I'm Todd Perry, Certified Financial Planner and Private Wealth Advisor here at Executive Wealth Management. When I graduated from school, I started in the supply chain management industry, but quickly realized it was more of a job and not a career. I knew I wanted to help people and have an impact on their lives. I've always had an interest in the financial markets and was always fascinated with with how they worked. And it really started back in high school when I would monitor and buy individual stocks. When I first started off in the industry in 2005, I started working for, at the time, a small independent wealth management firm. And one of the nice things about working for a smaller company is you can have your hands in a lot of different areas. And so it wasn't just the investment piece of it, it was the retirement planning and the tax planning. And really at the end of the day, just just let us give better advice. I started at EWM because you have the support and resources of a larger firm, but it's still a team environment that I enjoy. The values and the mission here and the whole build, defend and advance, not only clients' portfolios, but their financial plans going forward. With the background I have, I'm passionate about really taking that holistic view of a client's financial situation and adding simplicity, adding efficiencies throughout their financial life. An example that I can think of is a client comes to us and they may have accounts all over the place. Nobody's helped simplify their life and and add efficiencies where we can. And I think once clients see that, they really have a sense of relief and a confidence in working with an advisor that is going to be transparent with them and really look at the the holistic picture. 
proactively be there for clients that they know we have their best interests in mind, it's a win-win. Feel free to give me a call or you can contact us at ewmadvisors.com.